Greetings and welcome to Star Trek Discovery Pod, a sometimes smart, trying to be funny podcast covering all things new and classic Trek. Go park on the moon. I'm your captain, Mariah Gossett. With me on the view screen, we have your least favorite plot twist, Paul Sitachit. I'm sorry. <laughs> Clyde will be joining us in just a few moments. He is just finishing up an away miss uh, away mission. But tonight we are going to be talking about the ninth episode of season four of Lower Decks, The Inner Fight Part One. Big warning, y'all. Lots of spoilers ahead. So make sure you have watched the episode before you listen and or watch this episode of the podcast. Um, because we are talking about the inner fight part one, that is a two part finale of our fourth season directed by Brandon Williams, written by Mike McMahon. Um, let's just do a few reminders first. Um, Paul, where should people like share and find stuff about this podcast? Well, Maria, thank you for, uh, pivoting to me. Uh, uh, listeners can subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. All links are at star Trek pod.co. And if you love our content, and we hope you do consider joining our Patreon for just two dollars per episode at patreon.com slash Star Trek pod. Indeed. We've also been uh, we just released a special patrons only episode talking about a couple of uh, older episodes of Trek 90s classic Trek uh, that have some things to do with the season of Lower Decks. So if you want to hear us talk about those things, you should join our Patreon. And if you join the Patreon, you can also give us some messages from the Menagerie. So that means even if you can't join us for the live stream after you watch the episode, you can drop us a line, tell us what you thought about the episode, and we will read it here on the podcast. Um, while we're waiting for Clyde, also, if you are joining us live, welcome. Hello. Thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. We're excited to have you. And if you have questions for us that you want us to pay attention to, we know y'all love talking to each other in the chat. If you just type capital P, capital O, capital D, capital pod in the chat, that clues us in that we should pay attention over there and uh, we can see what y'all are talking about or if you have questions or comments for us. And we want to know your spicy take. If you didn't get to drop a message in the menagerie and you want us to know what your initial thoughts, what your hot takes are of this episode, you got to type an HF, capital HF in the chat for, I think you know what time it is. It is time for some... We should get one say message from the menagerie. I should make one <laughs> that says messages from the menagerie. Paul, do you want to read this first one? Our first message sure. from the menagerie. Uh, first message from Leslie. Great episode. It was nice to see progress with Mariner. Indeed. And then we have Kieran who says, we finally got what we wanted to know about Mariner. Starfleet probably has lots of officers like her who were scarred by the Dominion War. It's good to know Thomas Riker survived the Cardassian prison camp. Paul. And from Karen Chu, the inner fight was just as uh, was just a real treat for me. But my favorite scene was the Mariner and Mach. Uh, they have real chemistry and I love that it was him who gave her the talk about her struggle and honor. I think hits I think it hits uh, harder than if it came from one of the gang. I agree with that. Mm -hmm. uh, we had some great Easter eggs like Gippers on the beach and then Star Trek homage. I never saw the twist coming, not even after the, not even after the lost at the beginning. I thought we'd see him, but not that he would be the big bad. Tight script, entertaining. Might be my favorite episode since uh, Wayju. Way, the, the, Wayju. 
which is one of my favorites, by the way. That's a good episode. Um, yeah, I agree with all these things. I really like this episode. I thought the Mariner backstory was really compelling. Um, I like that we have a little bit of a group split up. I'm hoping this means Rutherford has something kind of cool coming his way for how he gets back together with the gang here at the end. I think Talyn adds a really great um, uh, co- comedic beats with the with the dry humor. And um, I yeah, the twists, surprises, and Easter eggs in this episode were all jaw-droppingly good. And Mike McMahon did not disappoint me. No, it's, it's funny because like uh, Mariah staying with me for... Uh... Uh, for the weekend and she had already seen uh, the episode on the plane and I came home at like midnight and I go Mariah you want a churro and watch uh, uh, the Star Trek episode with me and she goes well I already saw it and I go okay and I'm about to leave and then she goes you know what maybe I'll watch it and give me that churro (laughs) (laughs) yes I mean the churro was enticing but also knowing the twists and the surprises of this episode I mostly just wanted to watch you watch this episode (laughs) yeah no and and it was there were there how many times did I stop it and I go oh my god (laughs) truly you were just like see like (laughs) um yeah it was quite it was such a beautifully weaved storytelling of like past trek into lower decks and it connected this crew to the original namesake of the lower decks episode of tng which i think is just like a mastery of storytelling so sweet delicious delicious let's take a look at the chat and see what's going on takako says hot freak i confess i did not have nick lacorno on my bingo card Tawny Newsom's performance with the Klingon was beautiful, but I felt like her connection with C2 came out of nowhere. Oh, interesting. I feel like they've kind of talked a lot about her history with like the Dominion War and some of her time at the Academy. Um, And I think it does show that she's a little bit older than our other cadets as well, or our other now junior grade lieutenants. But um, I, yeah, I thought it, it worked out really well and tied a lot of nice like and sad but nice bows on a lot of um storylines um i was gonna go to my notes but it just says whoa 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 cito <laughs> <laughs> um I, in case people aren't uh you know one of the things i do like about laura dex is you don't have to know all of trek lore to enjoy the episodes but for those who might want to know paul can you explain the backstory of c2 and and how we know her Okay. Okay. So it starts off from an episode. Uh, I don't forget the name, but like uh, it starts with with Wesley Crusher at the academy, and he uh, just survived a uh, an aerial explosion. And basically, what turns out is uh, Nick Lacarno uh, was the head of this like fighter squad, including Sito uh, and Wesley. And basically, uh, were... the first duty, by the way. Yeah, first duty. Yep. Okay. Great. And like the uh, there was this uh, training accident, and like one of their friends got killed. Uh, and then the whole episode is basically Wesley trying to cover up the fact that they were doing something that they weren't supposed to be doing. And at the end, like uh, Wesley confesses because, like you know, he Wesley. he narks on his he narks on his friends. Uh, <laughs> can't be trusted. Like you know, you know Wesley cries. You know, just shut up, Wesley. <laughs> you know, and uh, and basically, Lacarno uh, gets expelled. And all the other surviving uh, team members get held back a year, including Sito. Which is how she meets Mariner. I guess so. Yeah. And so basically, 
Vito gets uh, reassigned. Oh, and, you know, Picard is a big factor in this. Like, you know, uh, of Picard basically goes like, hey, I know what you did. You got your chance to confess, you know, uh, Wesley. And, uh, you know, Locarno goes like, Picard doesn't know anything. Like, he all had speculation, like, you know. And so uh, you want me to go? And Wesley's like, can I? You want me to go against Picard? Anyway, he doesn't. In the next episode, Sito is on Picard's ship and lower decks. Uh, and there's a discussion about who's getting promoted and blah, blah, blah. And ultimately, Picard, like, you know, dresses her down saying, like, I remember you. You suck. <laughs> and, you know, I don't know. I don't know how you got on my ship and, and you know, and, uh, and, and whatever. And this also Cito and Worf had a really touching, everyone should go see Lower Decks, you know, the, mm -hmm. the, the anyway. And so, uh, Cito goes to, uh, Picard after talking to Worf and goes like, dude, you know, you could have said no, uh, but I'm on your ship. If you're not going to give me a fair shot, like you got, you got transferring off. I want to be in Starfleet, you know? And then Picard goes like, oh, great. The, I, I I was like dressing you down because I want to assign you to this mission that will help, like you know, the Cardassian resistance, kind of blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. uh, and they need they need a Bajoran. Cedo is Bajoran, by the way. Not that I see race, uh, but like you know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so uh, and then like it, it goes at the end where like you know uh, she she accepts the mission and Picard goes like I and I know why you're on the ship. I asked for you because everyone needs a second chance. And you're like, oh, oh. and then boom, she gets killed. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the rest traumatizes Mariner. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, and so, and so that's, uh, that's, that's the story of Sito and Lacarna. Yeah. It was a deep cut. I'm not gonna lie. Like, yeah, you know, I, I mean, I, I saw it from the very beginning. Like, I, you know, I mean, yeah. If you go back and you listen to our other episodes, you can constantly hear Paul telling us about how it's going to be Nick Lacarno. What's really funny is like every time, like I try to say it, like remember when I was having the audio issues? They weren't audio issues. Like, it was really us having to cut Paul's uh, mic. He just had too much information. And, and, and like, I, I, I just, I just guessed right because you know, like I'm so, so, like you know whatever future seeing alien race that is mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. yeah uh but anyway yes uh, but look, the lacaro twist was amazing i i, I, I like, <laughs> you're like a beta z on steroids with how That's much right. knowledge you had yeah 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 no, it, it, it was crazy um what did you think about i feel like i want to get into some other parts of the episode but i want to kind of dive in a little bit more on mariners like emotional arc because it, it has been we've been four seasons of building this where we've gotten some uh, glimpses of like her past with the dominion war and time on deep space nine which i think you know we all assumed that was part of this like trauma that she was sort of dealing with but in reality i i think for me the line that really i i felt the most was her being like i don't want to have to send my friends to die like she's like i can't be a captain that is willingly putting people in this kind of risk specifically for war. She's like, I understand there's risks to space travel sure. and like exploration, but she was just like, I don't want to be the one that has to like make these kinds of decisions for other people. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's tough, right? Like, you know, like the problem, like what was the episode where Troy wants to be a bridge officer 
uh, where they and like uh, and she keeps on failing until like Riker gives her a clue. <laughs> oh, I do vaguely remember this, but I cannot tell you what that episode was called. Anyway, it, it was the the the, mm-hmm. the bow on on that on that story arc was basically uh, Troy had to be willing to send Jody to die to save the, to, to to repair the warp core, um, and uh, uh, and she she couldn't see that she she thought it was an engineering problem, but it wasn't an engineering problem; it was a command problem. Mm-hmm. And and then she she had the same thing where she was like I don't know if I'm cut out for this like you know I don't know if you know choosing who lives or dies is not what uh, what she was wanting to do and mm-hmm. definitely can see how Mariner would have that uh, mm-hmm. thine own yeah. self thank you yes yeah uh, like uh, and Mariner could definitely have that because like for all of it like you know it's one thing to to like risk your life right it's another thing to to tell someone to go into certain death because Clyde Haynes is in the house. Clyde Haynes. Pew, 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 pew. Yeah. We're, we're like, everyone is just capping on this episode. Clyde. Like they hate really? it. I, I don't know what's going on here, but they hate it. Everyone hates it. Mariah hates it. <laughs> Am I the only person who likes this episode? Oh my God. I don't know what's happening. Wow. I'm, Nicole did not like this episode. She's not into it, but uh, Clyde, I do think your microphone input is not set to your microphone. Potentially. Um, anyway, uh, what else was I going to say? But I, I think, I mean, I feel like I, I've seen a, a little bit of hate about the whole um, Mariner storyline and, and people not buying it, but I feel like she has kept a lot private and it's also like 30, 26 minute animated episodes like we don't have these big backstory episodes every single time like we just finally got a tendy full backstory episode this time and i think mariner is our more our most complicated main character because she is our 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 lead you know so we have to do the long the long stroll to get there i think like i would say you know to that i go if people have a problem with like why is she being crazy and like risking herself you know, a death wish kind of thing and connecting it to Sito. I can see how that connection is tenuous. Like, like I, I, I can see that. Like, you know, why? Mm-hmm. So, you know, like normally the way she deals with this is a version of like, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to stay in Ensign forever. That's, mm-hmm. how she, uh, w- that's how she's right. Then I never out. have responsibility. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and she kind of wants, but now she's in a position where, she can't quit Starfleet because she tried that and mm-hmm. she doesn't like that. And now people are seeing her as uh, capable. And so they're not going to demote her. And so I could see how, you know, I don't know if death wishes, like I, I'll, I'll say this Star Trek never does a death wish really well. Like, you mm-hmm. know, Milana had that death wish with the, uh, when she found out that her uh, friends from the Maquis, you know, all died mm-hmm. basically. Uh, and I was like, nah, that's not my favorite Voyager episode. But like, but in the end, like, you know, she's trying to get to the point where comes to terms with the fact that that she has to, you know, basically crap or get off the pot, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, this you're going to get promoted and you're going to be put in this position, or you're going to have to drop out because like yeah. no one's gonna buy this, like I'm incompetent, you know. Yeah, forever. Clyde, what what did you think about this episode now that you've joined us? I thought it was really interesting, actually, um, for a number of reasons. And one, I went back and watched First Duty, uh, 
than the first duty. <laughs> Good call. Um, you know, it was uh, what I what I thought about watching later. I just didn't have time. Was to go back and watch TNG Lower Decks, mm-hmm. um, which I just I part of it was thinking that wow that I didn't see that connection. But seeing as the Lower Decks episode kind of almost gives us, I don't know, like it's, it's it, you would think it would be connected to, you know, a series called Lower Decks. Um, and it finally and, is. Like, it finally <laughs> is. Like, I, I have said, I, anyway, my admiration for Mike McMahon has, and that writer's room has like increased. I, I didn't think it could increase more, but it did. <laughs> like, I, I, I think, love I think part of what's what, part of what's impressive is no one saw this coming. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, oh, maybe Paul I mean, did. Paul, Paul has, I mean, we had to give away the fact that we have been muting Paul every time he correctly said who was in the speak, secret spaceship. You know, we we had to keep the secret. Yes, uh-huh. sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we said a lot of words. Nick Lacarno. It definitely came up multiple times. That's right. Like, like, all the way. Um, you know, and I was talking to some people in the chat as an aside that, you know, there's always been something like there's a part of me that wants to like Tom Paris so much because he's the rebel, he's the fighter pilot, like he he's kind of cool. He's literally the to me outside of like a seven of nine. He's kind of the coolest guy on Voyager. But part of me has always wanted Harry, Kim, Harry Kim. Kim. Justice for Harry sure. Kim. Yeah. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah. Forever and instant Harry Kim. Yep. That's right. Um, I would rather that's promote. That's systematic. A... Pro- <laughs> systematic right. uh, no. Anyway. Um, but my thought was. Man, there's always been something about Tom Paris that I like just didn't quite sit with me. And now I know what it was. It's leftover Nick Lacarno. <laughs> that's yeah. what it's that's what it's been. But I I I enjoyed this from a throwback TNG standpoint. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed this from really thinking like, man, this is interesting. And I did not see Cito. I I had to go back and watch the episodes because I was like, man, this feels like a weird connection. Um, I love how they did it, but I'm acting out because of Cito. I, I was like, let me go back and watch this. Overall, I thought it was, um, I thought, it, I thought it was good. I don't know that it, I don't know that it lives up to. Man, the penultimate episode of the series is one of the greatest episodes all year. I don't know if it lived up to that hype, but I thought it was weaved together well. Yeah. I think for me, it was an episode that surprised and delighted me. Like, to me, that was what I liked the most about this episode. Um, I also enjoyed Mariner's little captain-style speech to get everyone to kind of come together to be like, hey, like, we have to solve this problem and figure out what is going on. Um, So I enjoyed kind of her arc in this episode from, like, realizing that she's not she's being self-destructive for reasons that don't actually help anyone. Um, And then she's like, right, I should be honoring her memory, not uh, pushing the boundaries in this way. But I also like that she was still like, I still have to question Starfleet and I still need to push back on things. And like, she's not going to just like move on from it. Right. Um, I also between like a flushing, you know, flushing the, uh, or throwing the baby out with the bathwater, right? Like, you know, 
Yeah, they know how to be like, oh, we have to keep Mariner Mariner at her core, but we can do these incremental movements and changes. I, I also love the fact that, you know, since day one, Mariner has had this interesting relationship with the Klingons that has mm-hmm. never really been, like, dove into, right? Like, she knows a bunch of Klingons. Like, she's, she's like, very comfortable around Klingons. So to have Maha like have this like breakthrough to her in a way that no one else has been able to not -hmm. her friends not her parents not her you know her commanding officer like no one in the middle of a fight was felt very wharf like Mm -hmm. like it felt very like here's this Klingon race that is supposed to be very warrior violent and just dropping like knowledge to the point where she has to hug him which i thought was great hugging a klingon i was mm-hmm. asking myself have i how many times have i seen that before like like he right. was dropping knife bombs like knife rain literally like like knife rain like mm-hmm. just like wisdom falling from the st- the stabbing sky you, and stabbing, stabbing you, you right yeah, in the back yep. that's right um I wanted to get into how this was also a weird love letter to Star Wars, that that other franchise, in so many ways. Uh, Elaborate, please. Oh, the entire planet that Freeman and Rutherford and uh, everyone is on is is just Tatooine, basically. Tatooine, like with with the Rogue One, like uh, shield and, and and portal thing. So, like you know, they pull up to the portal. It's got the portal shield around the whole planet. And then you have Billups as a, a bounty hunter like with a full, Fett, face, a, a full face helmet. <laughs> In a very Naboo fighter-esque ship. I, yeah. I was like, why does that ship seem... From, I'm, I'm trying to look back and I was, I was going through all of my Star, Star Trek, Trek yeah, like, no, history. It's the other franchise. Like, <laughs> you know, I tried never to mix the two. That's why I couldn't place it. Yeah, I was like, okay. No, that's yeah. Uh, As Takako says no. about you know the other franchise, a wretched hive of scum and villainy. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're talking about the way they describe the planet, but I think it's a funny way to talk about the other franchise. I mean, o- the only thing that Bar was missing was an alien band, right? Like well, the- even like when Rutherford's like, "Oh my God, there's a green snake guy in the corner smoking okay. like a weird pipe." <laughs> uh, it, it, was, it was hilarious it was hilarious and, and what i really liked well what i liked a lot of things but but i like that freeman one like you know oh yeah freeman yeah, like, freeman's been having a good back half of this season just like yeah. constant smart victories mm-hmm. which are just like delicious to watch um the yeah. other scene that made me truly uh snort giggle was the balak puppet oh sure <laughs> i was like this is <laughs> insane reference and i love it so much yeah no it it it, it, it's really it's really great where like you know you're seeing it and you go i know what this is and and you go psych yeah you're like yeah it's a puppet and then they're like oh no we're gonna double down and be like it's it's not a puppet even though you only know this figure as a puppet that's right (laughs) yeah um and the thing about that that had me was my expectation was she'd pull it up and go, oh, it's not a puppet. But she kept shaking <laughs> and she kept shaking. Like 
the joke was perfectly timed because it was it was just slightly past the point of comfort like yeah. to the to that moment of uncomfortable like okay why is she shaking this person <laughs> please stop and then poor rutherford he has so many right so many organs <laughs> which is just a funny way to be like that is flesh that is a that is not a puppet <laughs> Um, <laughs> that was, that was a great joke. Um, I did want to ask y'all if you thought, so there's a moment when Talyn realizes that her and Mariner were in the same battle against the Packlids. Um, and it felt, it felt like it was a little too quick throwaway that I'm like, I feel like this is going to come back in some way. What do y'all think about that? Like for me, like, I was going like, huh, like here's this Vulcan mm -hmm. and uh, their Vulcan ship just saved a California class starship. Mm -hmm. And she didn't consider what California class starship she was going on to. Like, so, so to Lynn, I, I didn't really buy that to Lynn ha didn't make that connection yet. I, I can understand why. So uh, then here's my next question. Cause I'm glad you logically went there is to Lynn sus. Is she sus? Does this make Talyn sus? Oh, I don't want it to be because I love Talyn, but it would be a real good twist. Oh, like, like if Lacarno got to Talyn first? Because yeah. like you know, it, it looks like what he's doing is like some version of like lower decks rise up. Yeah, because there's no Vulcans, if you notice, in the mm -hmm. groupings that have all been brought down. Yeah, I, I hope not. I hope not because I really like Talyn. You guys are making a lot of sense. There's, I just, I don't know in my heart if I can go there. I don't disagree with anything you're saying, but I just, I don't want it to be true. I don't like, want it I, to be I true like, either, but I, I don't know. There's just, it, it felt like an interesting moment to me that got pushed aside very quickly in the moment. And I feel like it's going to come back in some way. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. I, 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 I really like to Lynn, but I, I like a straight man. You know, I like I, I yeah, like a, a good straight man, and there's no straight man outside of Talyn in in this grouping. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. So I don't know if you guys talked about this, but uh, do you think Cedo is truly dead? I mean, yes. <laughs> okay. Like, I mean, what, I what if Nick found a way to bring her back? Oh, just... oh, that's not bad. That's not so. Bad. Because we love to so, undead people in Star Trek. So here's here's what I read. So originally, when they when they were trying when they wrote the lower decks episode, uh -huh. they wanted they they basically brought in Cedo because they they wanted a character that they could kill off. Yeah, and they wanted to have meaning, right? Someone uh -huh. that you actually cared about, done well. And there was a lot of discussions because they, you know, they thought about bringing her back, and Ron Moore was like, nope 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 it'll it'll destroy what we've done in that episode the power of that episode okay well you know now we're 30 years later the question comes in could they undead Cedo now and would that be okay i, I mean like you you're postulating that like uh Cedo survives somehow and maybe mm -hmm. lacarna like uh he he maybe saved her like, I'm what, not saying he saved her. I'm like, saying, what if there's like a golem version of her? Like he <laughs> transferred her. Like, like, like you know, she like has the, she has the precious. 
right? She has the ring, the one ring, and you know, and she can't truly die. Oh wait, no, no, no. I'm making franchises again. Yeah, no, like like Picard is now. Like, what if it's a, a oh. fully artificial oh, oh. intelligence version of her? Like, wow. if I remember how uh, it ended, uh, like basically they're waiting for her to uh, signal so mm-hmm. they can pick, so they can pick her up, and then all of a sudden they cross into the Cardassian border, scan something, and there's just debris, and that would have yeah. been her escape pod. And and okay. there's a there's a they get a report that the the escape pod was destroyed. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's never a body. There's never a truly confirmation. They they wanted to leave the door cracked just enough. They killed her, but just enough because you know Star Trek does like to undead people or bring them back. Uh, well, I'm just looking at Locarno huh? and Mariner. Right. Huh? Yeah. No, so I mean, like, they're like, linked by this Cito, whole thing yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah i'm just wondering if they bring back Cito to finally give mariner some closure or bring maybe wesley Carno crusher back. comes in please no please I, no i don't mind wesley crusher uh, i like i like will wheaton yeah well i'm good with traveler good popping with... in <laughs> first of all can i say that whole traveler thing never really sat well with me just felt a little awkward you know we can see. I was just, you know, like of all the other people who are connected in this situation that are legacy characters that could potentially pop up in this next episode. Although I would love to see animated Beverly Crusher. That would also bring me a lot of joy. Yeah, yes. no, it was really, it was interesting. Like that they, there were the people they chose Seven of Nine, Thomas Riker, mm-hmm. Peanut Hamper, Locarno. Yeah, exactly. Um, what do you think then? Okay, so like these are some pretty wild, wild, um, yeah theories that we've come up here with like a reanimated C2 or um, you know any of these uh, Wesley Crusher reappearing but what do you think Nick is actually up to that he's like rise up lower decks let's take out these captains and replace them with people like what what's the motivation you think here is it just chaos because that's what he says at the end like we're getting ready to basically cause some trouble so on the rewatch of the first duty he had everybody convinced. So Lucarno had everybody convinced to, Hey, just let's go with this lie. Right. It's all going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And Picard figured out what happened. Right. Picard was the one who figured it out. And he tells Wesley, look, either you confess or I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. They got to the point where the council, the tribunal, whatever has largely said, look, we think you're lying but we can't prove it. So we're going to dismiss this. We're going to close this case. And they pretty much gavel it down. Like they're fairly in the clear. And Wesley confesses. And before that, he tells Locarno, hey, look, I want to confess. And he's like, no. And Locarno goes, he got to you, didn't he? Like Picard got to you. Now I'm thinking, of course he got to him. You do understand that this is his mother's boss, right? Like this is not just some dude. Like this is, this mm-hmm. is different. I think Locarno blames Picard, who is the quintessential TNG era era captain Mm -hmm. for his expulsion and his loss of everything. And this might be a way for him to get back at every captain like around. So I think he's Mm -hmm. saying, Hey, you, you, for the rebels, for the, the ones who feel like they can do it, I got you and I'm going to support you in this. Interesting. 
That is, that is an interesting take that he's like, screw the current captains. Like we do know better than they do. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Do you think we'll get a Picard, uh, appearance next episode? That, I mean, Mike McMahon would love it, but <laughs> I don't know. That's yeah. interesting. I don't know. Like mm-hmm. the question is like, why are they stealing ships? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, like, why are all why are they stealing ships? And and the answer to that is like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, I, I mean, I'm glad that they weren't like just straight up destroying all the ships, yeah, right? Yeah. So they're stealing mm-hmm. them and putting them somewhere, and then all the people who were on those ships on the planet Mm -hmm. um and those are the like lower deck members are on that planet right like those are the people who seem to be left or were they the the captains i thought it was the captains and the lower like because the klingon ship he's like they mutinied and they cowards left me here oh come back he's like i'm taking I back thought my ship he was the lower de- i guess i got confused because we first we've met uh maha, maha. Before, maha before because he was a, a lower deck klingon that we've met earlier in the series in, in way 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 j whatever we yeah Weiji, Weiji. um so I guess, I guess, yeah, he is like a captain now, but now, but no, 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 no. Hang on. I looked up his, his, his page. I was like, he went from a lower decker to, oh, he was second in command. And then he just became, oh no. And she, and she he did become captain or is, is he captain now? That's what I'm trying to figure out is if he became captain in we, uh, wage juice. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Okay. Yes. So you went from captain back to captain. Okay. Or second, first in command, whatever. So many, so many things. Um, Cheapy Tom Paris is not like Nick Lacarno. It is like a very funny. I do love that they play with that a lot in the series of having like when people tell Tom Paris they he looks a lot like Nick Lacarno and he's like I get that a lot. I really hope we get the reverse next episode where someone's <laughs> like you look a lot like Tom Paris and he's like I get that a lot. <laughs> It'd be great. It'd be great. That's right. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm really excited for next week. I am interested to see how this all wraps up. I am very interested in what Nick is up to and why he grabbed Mariner. Um, and what he is thinking is going to happen by grabbing her Mm -hmm. in all of this. Any predictions? I really got none. Like, you know, I, I, I think what Clyde has pitched seems like the most grounded version of it but like like i'm I'm really curious of what this secondary character has accomplished that like could pull off this like coup mm-hmm. you know uh and so like i i assume that it's gonna be fitting i assume that it's gonna work well because you know uh because it's been done well so far mm-hmm. probably gorn wedding i'll probably end up in a gorn wedding I mean, a Gorn wedding. I was going to say, what if Peanut Hamper saves the day? 
like uh, I don't know how that can't be written. Like it, it, it like has to be written that way. Mm-hmm. That'd be interesting. I'd watch that. She comes back in, saves you, well, it. Badgie you, you, and Peanut Hamper save the day. We thought they were the villains all along. Not Badgie, Goodgie. Goodgie, that's true. We do have Goodgie in this universe. Well, well, Badgie is now like you know a Q, basically. Yeah. Which could be really fun and wild to come back in for the finale. <laughs> well, it'd be really funny if Rutherford like had the near death experience, but instead of seeing the koala, sees Badgie. Whoa! What if Badgie <laughs> wow. replaces the koala? It's crazy! It's crazy! <laughs> I have offended crazy. father. <laughs> Hello. Oh, Keen has an interesting idea. Maybe we'll also see Hajar, the other disgraced member of the Nova Squadron. Yeah, mm. that's true. There could be other Nova Squadron. Um, cameos in the future. Mm, I like that. That would be interesting. Like Clyde, any thoughts or predictions? No, I think I, I'm out of predictions, but I'm excited to see. I, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens next, and I want to know where has Lacarno been this whole time? Yeah, what's he doing? What's he up to? He's been in the Star Wars universe. Yes. Like, where did he get that trip? Yes, just been hanging. Where did I know. you get this Boba Fett ship from? Like, what's going on? That's the other reference. <laughs> yeah. What if he goes does, to parallel universes? Like, does someone does, does he, he have, have a lightsaber? That's what I want to know. Like, did I feel like we had episode where we we're talking about the ship? And he goes like, it looks like a face, like you know, Boba Fett's ship. Like, mm-hmm. did, did we say that? Yeah, we did say that. So, like, you know, so I love it. Like, you know, Slave One is the ship, I believe, in Boba Fett. <laughs> uh, yeah. But. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, no, I, I I will not be here next week, so I apologize. Mm. So, uh, imagine like uh, the episode that you listen to, but like like twenty four percent crappier. Like I I did say, uh, Paul, if you have the time, you can make us like a video reaction, and I'll make sure to play it for the group. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I could, like, uh, uh, but I'd probably give you the reaction of like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll see what predictions you get correct this time that I can edit and insert into old episodes. What? What? Um, that, that doesn't happen. That doesn't <laughs> happen. Um, thank you all so much for tuning in. If you joined us live, thank you for listening. If you are listening to this in your favorite pod player, we so appreciate you. We will be back next week discussing the finale of Lower Decks. Um, and then we'll probably get all back together since we'll be missing Paul next week to kind of discuss the whole yeah. season as a whole, the, yeah. the the week following. So we still got content going. It's going to be a good time. Happy um, birthday, Nicole. Happy, happy birthday. birthday to you. We appreciate Happy you. birthday, Nicole. Uh, you and, and if you guys have, like, you know, ideas for, like, Patreon episodes, just let us know. Yeah. Let us we'll probably do more us. of those soon. Yeah. Tell us, because we do have a bit of a break between um, the end of Lower Decks and any other new track. This will be the longest gap we've had in a very long time, because the soonest Thanks I Thanks a lot, can... Strike. Thanks, AMPT Studio Greedies. Um, That's what I meant. I mean, the Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, guys. Strike, get get all the things you're, you're worth. Yes. Um, SAG is still on strike as of today. So we are continuing to support them and their efforts. You can make a donation to the uh, entertainment community fund. The link is down below. You can check that out. We also have merch. Do you want to pre- uh, buy a little merch? There's a link down below as well. Um, we've got some funny, some funny shirts um, and other, you can get it as a shirt. You can get it as a koozie, a mug, all kinds of stuff, all the options. What were you going to say, Paul? I was going to say like, uh, 
you could uh you could donate to the fund at you know star trek pod <laughs> oh no we can't do that <laughs> like uh, i was like some of i know we've also been affected by the strike but you know we gotta we gotta keep all our all our production fam right. but, but also going. if if you are looking you know because we've got one more true kind of after show podcast if you're looking to hang out consider joining our patreon we mm-hmm. did get together and watch First Duty this week, as long as well as Aquiel, which we had it was basically like, you know, masterpiece theater. You know, where we got to talk about Jordy and, you know, yell at the screen. So we're having a good time on the Slack channel. So consider joining our Patreon for just two dollars. Two dollars an episode. Um, it's a good time to join because uh, we'll be making a lot of bonus content and not having a lot of episodes coming out. So really, the best bang for your buck in the next few months as a patron. pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. Um, you get can in now. It's hot. <laughs> get in now. You can subscribe, rate, and review on Apple and on Spotify. Visit StarTrekPod.co to find links to all of the things. Um, you can also follow us currently on X for updates of when we are streaming. I know I'm going to get it together and get us some other social medias because that's a slow dumpster fire of death. Um, we thank slow you all. Dumpster s- fire of death. That's what most social media is, at least. Um, thank you all so much. We appreciate you. We know the world is a dumpster fire, and we're glad that you joined us. So, live long and prosper, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye everyone. Bye.